Hi, I'm Angela Ardolino and welcome to Your Natural Dog, my podcast featuring in-depth conversation with the world's leading holistic veterinarians and pet care pros. Join us every week as we reveal natural alternatives to the outdated, one-size-fits-all pet care model we're used to. If you like what you hear, please make sure to leave us a review wherever you get your podcast. The only way we can get our message out to pet parents all over the world is with your support. Stop barking! I'm trying to record a podcast! Hey everybody, you're Natural Dog with Angela Ardolino, and my guest today is Dr. Megan Barrett, and I met her at the HVMA where I meet all my favorite holistic veterinarians, and she's this new, I'm not, I guess she's not that new, six years out of school, but she got out of school and like many of these young veterinarians had questions, wanted to know more about diet and nutrition, acupuncture, how rehab. And then of course, she learned all about the uses of hemp and mushrooms and has been able to use them in her practice and make huge changes. And she is just full of so much great information. I think you're really going to enjoy this. I'm always fascinated by what these vet students learn in school. So she's going to talk a lot about that. Stay tuned. And we're back with Dr. Megan Barrett. Hello, and thank you for joining me. I just got to see um, Megan at HBMA. It was so fun, as usual, to hang out with you. It's so funny because I totally see you as this young, badass vet who's like, wants to know everything and learn everything. And you are young, but I just like read your bio and you've been practicing for like over 15 years now. So good job keeping being still so young and continuously wanting to learn everything, which I like when I read your bio, I pictured you in vet school. And how you were like probably questioning everything, waiting to when you were going to learn about diet and nutrition. What was that like to be a student and then be like, well, am I ever or that was it? What did you learn about diet and nutrition and, and what was your reaction? And why aren't other students like you? Like, why aren't they going, wait a minute? Yeah, that's a great question. And yeah, just to clarify I've been a vet for six years, but I've been working in oh. the veterinary field for like about 16 years now. So oh, awesome! been in the field for a long time, but... So you are a young vet. So I was right. But yeah. what have you been doing for the past 16 years? Well, in high school, I started working at a veterinary clinic in their kennel department, you know, just taking care of dogs. And um, before that, I was also taking care of horses. Um, you know, growing up, I was an equestrian, so... I was pretty active with that, and I had a young horse that I had to train myself, so that involved a lot of falling and getting hurt. <laughs> and so um, in college, I also got really active in aerial dance and was teaching at a studio and having a lot of fun doing that, but again, getting injured all the time. So, um, you know, my own journey was one of many injuries and lots of rehab for myself, you know, physical therapy, chiro, and those types of things. So by the time I got to vet school, I was very interested in pain management and just having been in chronic pain myself, really wanting to be able to provide that for the patients because I knew how difficult it was to live your life in pain. And so um, throughout all that time, you know, getting into vet school, we were definitely, you know, pretty limited on our nutrition training. There was quite a bit of 
sponsorship from the big pet food companies. And, you know, we would basically get a lecture here and there about the different prescription diets. And that was about it. So, you know, in some ways it's like they make it, they make it really easy. And that's part of the problem is that they make it easy because they're like, if there's this condition, you give this diet. And if it's this condition, you give that diet. And it's just like, you know, then you can move on with all the other stuff you have to do as a vet because it really is a lot, you know, and nutrition isn't the most interesting topic for a lot of people. I think it's, you know, a lot of us modern people haven't learned much about our own nutrition and many of us are eating a poor diet, uh, myself included, you know, in years past and the standard American diet is just not that great. And so it goes right along with eating kibble and processed foods. You're just like, this is normal. I eat processed food. The pets are eating processed food. Like what's, what's wrong with this picture? Like it's fine. And so um, it's pretty rampant in the veterinary community where the staff of veterinary hospitals tend to not take great care of ourselves. We don't take great care of ourselves and we don't eat healthy and our clients are always bringing us chocolate and donuts and stuff, which we appreciate. But then it's like the, there's almost this whole underlying culture of, you know, a lack of health care for ourselves. And so I think that's a big part of it. And you really have to go above and beyond to learn all that stuff because it a lot of it is kind of against the mainstream, too. As you know, there's right. a lot of controversy when it comes to raw feeding and home cooking. And then there's these big industry giants who are telling us, don't do that. It's not safe. And, you know, it, it, so it's tough. But with my own diet, I just knew that once I learned how to eat healthy for myself, I'm like, this doesn't make sense what we're feeding the animals. We have to do better for them too. So that was basically the how it went. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's almost like we're brainwashed to that it's Absolutely. not, you know, that whoever supplies the food has made it easy for us. And when we're young and working like crazy, we don't, we aren't suffering the repercussions of a poor diet yet. Um, You know, it's not until, you know, you're, you're smart. You figured things out early, but I didn't figure things out until I was in my forties and I thought I was doing things pretty good, but not until my forties did I have to like, I started having issues and had to look at everything that I was eating and drinking and what I was putting into my body. And the same thing happens with our pets. So it's almost like anything that is natural, you know, the way what we should be eating, what plants and fungi are out there to help us heal ourselves naturally. Those are stuff that we're not taught about and that is kept from us. And then I want people to keep hearing this message because it's not like I hate vets. I love you. <laughs> you know, I love you guys, especially those who got out and went, wait a minute, we missed something. And I get it. Veterinarians have to know so much. You have to know so much about everything. So that made it easy for them to go, got a kidney issue, feed them the kidney diet, got a liver yeah. issue, feed them the liver diet. So it was one, one more thing that you guys didn't have to learn about. However, it's the basis of everything. I agree. Yeah. So you get out of school and then what do you do? You went to the Chi Institute to learn about what you weren't taught in vet school. What were the first things that you took and how did that change how you practiced? Yeah. So in vet school, a lot of the vet schools have um, 
clubs that represent the different specialties. So fortunately at Colorado State where I went, there was a holistic medicine club, there was a pain management club, there was a sports medicine club. So I was really active with those. And we had some amazing guests who taught us about these holistic therapies like acupuncture, herbal medicine, plant medicine. And those are clubs that the students have formed. You don't have a um, professor or a dean going, hey, we should have a holistic club and we should have a rehab club. No, this is, and that's what I want our listeners to understand because I've been invited many times to speak to these clubs and it's, I love it. These are the vets that I want to go to in the future, the ones that want to learn more. So I want people to understand it's not the school putting these on, it's the students that are forming these clubs and getting together and teaching and learning more. Yeah, the schools, you know, they support and sponsor all the different clubs and they range from, you know, emergency medicine to surgery and all those typical specialties. Um, I think Colorado State is one of the better ones of, you know, accepting holistic medicine. And uh, they did have, you know, an integrative department even back in the 90s that Dr. Narda Robinson started. So she was my instructor for my acupuncture training through CureCore. So that was the first thing I did as soon as I got out of vet school was get my acupuncture certification. Um, the next thing I did was go get my rehab therapy certification. So it was funny because I would just be back to back going to courses and my job was like, what's wrong with you? Like, where, why do you want to do all this extra stuff? But I'm like, this is just what I want to do. So you want to know everything. I know there's so much to know. And you know, it, it's like vet school, you learn so much, but there's still so much that you can't learn. And that was my passion. So at that point, then practicing with, you know, rehab and acupuncture, I started to notice that my patients who were, you know, not eating a good diet were having a lot more issues. And so I started having to give the spiel, you know, all day long, every day. And it, you know, it gets exhausting. So I decided to write my book and it's basically just kind of my spiel (laughs) (laughs) written down so that I can, yeah, I can provide it to the clients and be like, just read this, educate yourself a little bit, and then we can talk and answer more questions and go from there in terms of making, you know, custom recommendations, custom diets, because even just for, you know, rehabilitation, like if you're trying to heal your body and it's, you really need that those building blocks of nutrition to to heal. It's not going to fix itself if you're putting, you know, garbage in is garbage out. So um, it, you need to have those nutritional building blocks to heal any type of issue that's going on. Yeah, I love this. And this is something that I um, just learned because I love detoxing. I love fasting. It's one of my favorite things to do. But learning that, you know, you've got to got to have your gut in order and healthy before you do a detox or a fast, which I think is really cool because that's literally what you're saying that when it comes to healing or, you know, getting over a disease or any type of thing, your gut has to be on board. So healing your gut and getting it in a good, good space so that you can start the healing is so important. But yes, not only is food medicine, but it's extremely healing and helpful. And if you got, you're feeding kibble and giving the best supplements, they ain't going to work. Yeah. So it's, I can't imagine. I, I remember when I had my store and people would come in and look at the freezer and be like, what is that? And I'm like, well, what do you feed your dog? 
or they'd come in with their dog with terrible skin issues and the dog's only three years old. Well, what are you feeding? And yes, it's a lot to explain to someone who knows nothing about it. So literally I'd go, okay, write down, watch this documentary called Pet Fooled. (laughs) Here's one of Dr. Judy's books. What do you want? You want to know about the diet? Do you want to cook or what do you want to know? So I understand how now it's so easy to be able to go here, read this kind of thing because real food is real food is real food. And, you know, as complicated it is to at first have to change your own diet, changing your pet's diet is actually even easier because they're not going to complain. They're going to be so excited about whatever fresh food you're adding. If you're like us, your pets are part of the family. That's why at CBD Dog Health, we created a line of human-grade, full-spectrum hemp products tailored specifically to your furry friend's needs. Whether they're suffering from fear of fireworks, arthritis from old age, or even seizures and cancer, research shows that a high-quality CBD oil can make a big difference for them. Enter coupon code RADIO at CBDDogHealth.com for 15% off your first order. That's R-A-D-I-O. CBD Dog Health, healing naturally. Tell us about your book. How did you break it down and make it easy for people to understand what works, what doesn't work for their pet? Yeah, so the book is called From Basic to Bougie, and it's a a blueprint to upgrade your pet's diet one step at a time, safely and simply. And it, you know, it's kind of a sassy name because I'm like, nutrition can be so boring for most people who aren't really nerds about it like we are. And so there's a lot of humor interjected into the book just to try to keep, you know, keep it interesting, keep it engaging. Because if it's just a nutrition textbook, you know, I know even myself, it's hard to get through those. So um, the steps basically in the book are the first step, you know, you learn about the background, like why processed food is bad and the state of the industry, how do we get to where we're at today? And then uh, going from there is upgrading from the basic diet, which is basically poor quality processed foods. You know, the first step, try to find a better commercial food so that you're at least feeding something healthier, but not necessarily um, having to go, you know, all the way to the last step right, right off the bat. The next step would be upgrading to a better diet, which is using toppers and, um, you know, human foods mixing into your existing diet. And then the final step would be experimenting with home cooking. And so I provide recipes and some guidelines for that just to at least get people an idea of, you know, how it works to, to be doing that. And then just an invitation to collaborate and work together if they still have questions. Awesome. And I know that you provide a feeding calculator. So if someone's really trying to figure out how much they feed their pet, they can do that also, which I think is so interesting. What are the worst things that these kibble diets, you know, these highly processed diets are doing to our pets? What do you what do you see the most often that they come in and then you usually can go, oh, that's the diet. Oh, I bet they're feeding chicken. I bet they're feeding kibble. What do you see that they are suffering from the most? I think the biggest thing here is allergies. Because in a tropical place like Hawaii, where I live, it's just rampant. And I think a lot of it's, there's an underlying genetic component, whereas sadly in a place like this, we have a lot of inbreeding with, you know, the backyard breeders and stuff like that. And then you combine poor genetics with poor food and you get all sorts of diseases. So you've got allergies, cancer, um, you know, more joint, joint problems and inflammation. 
So it's pretty much any inflammatory disease is going to be upregulated in those processed food diets. And are you finding that like if when an issue does finally pop up, which usually is when they become seniors, you know, six, seven, eight, depending on the breed, is that when they come in, an issue has, has come up and diet is playing a big role in it and you can see a big reversal just by changing what they're eating? Yeah, I think changing the diet at that point is definitely, it's not too late and it's, it's never too late to make your diet better so that moving forward, your body can heal and get healthier. But obviously, it, the best thing is to have your dog on a fresh diet from when they're young and growing up because that's when their body's being formed, their immune system, you know, all their hormones and everything. So this, the younger and sooner you can get them on that healthy diet, the better off they'll be for their longevity. Okay, so I have another question. So since food and nutrition is literally taught about how to use their foods, is the same thing go for the medicine? They're teaching you how to use their medicine? Because you're not taught about anything alternative, holistic, or Chinese medicine, Ayurveda, none of that is mentioned. You're only taught how to use their drugs. That, I mean, of course, your anatomy and physiology, you're learning oh, yeah. and all about you know, how everything works. But when it comes to, okay, if they have this, this is what you do kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, vet school is a conventional educational model. It's, it's, and with, with that comes drugs, uh, pharmaceutical drugs that have been approved by government regulatory agencies. And so you're definitely getting taught which Western drugs to use. There's never mention of any herbs or you know, like if they have seizures, try CBD. <laughs> it's like, just use phenobarb or Keppra, like all these uh, pharmaceutical anticonvulsants, things like that. So, you know, they might mention it like nowadays, you know, it's been six years since I was in school that they may be mentioning things like CBD and mushrooms and some of these, like, you know, the... Um, They're not. <laughs> <laughs> that I think it's pretty well established that, you know, the turkey tail mushrooms are a helpful therapy for that. But maybe I'm just living in my own holistic bubble and it's hard for me to know what, what they're teaching at this point. But I would hope that there's more because there are a lot of great things that it can be used for. I know. it's So you're basically taught to use their drugs and given a license to write prescriptions for those drugs. What happens if you don't want to go to conventional vet school? You don't get to be a vet or... Like, what if I just wanted to be a holistic vet? I have to go to one of these schools first, correct? Yeah, and I've had people literally ask me that exact question. And I'm like, well, technically, if you want to be a vet, you have to go to vet school, and that's the path. But I have seen people who, you know, they get like a nutrition certification or they study holistic healing, and they can still work with animals. It's just in a different capacity. And they can't call themselves a veterinarian. Yeah, exactly. I mean, technically, yeah, the, the veterinary thing is a lot of it is geared around being able to perform surgery and, you know, you know how to use pharmaceutical drugs because there is a big place for that, you know, with anesthesia and those types of things. But when it comes, right. you know, and I think we all know that it's like Western medicine is great at acute disease and trauma and things like that, where, you know, you might need an antibiotic for a raging infection or you might need you know, to get surgery if you get in an accident. But for chronic illnesses, 
Western medicine just doesn't have the tools that are needed to fix things. It's all just suppressing with steroids and, you know, things like that. And so what we really need is more types of therapies such as CBD and mushrooms, which are my go-tos for almost everything because they actually, you know, they benefit the whole body. It's not just like giving them an NSAID, which is like Advil, and that's just going to block inflammation. Like, how about we give them something that will support everything in their body and have lots of good effects and not just one good effect and maybe several bad side effects. So that, to me, it's almost scary to be using overusing the Western drugs now because I've seen some of the negative side effects. So my go-to now that it's 2023 and we can get CBD, people know what it is. They're not afraid of it anymore. It's basically my go-to for everything. And it's the closest thing I have to like a magic potion cure-all, which I always joke about when I have to practice. It's you need your magic wand and your crystal ball because you have to magically fix things and then magically predict, you know, what the problem is. But at least I have CBD and mushrooms, which I think are like magical potions because they really do treat pretty much everything and they're very safe. So they're becoming my first line treatment for almost everything. Uh, You just made my day saying that because (laughs) of course I'm not a veterinarian. I was not taught about, you know, everything that you know about or how to use pharmaceutical drugs. And what I always found, not only for myself, but for my pets, is that they weren't solving the issues or they were making things worse. And I really do feel like I could, I know I can help, but I really know that I can really help with both cannabis and fungi adaptogens. And the reason that that is the case is because it is literally working with our body's master system, the endocannabinoid system, to bring our body at homeostasis. So they're literally, I can't think of anything that it wouldn't help. Meaning, and I know people have heard me say this before, but you know, my biggest, when I like would sit down and go, okay, what am I most scared about on my rescue farm? You know, with these dogs I'm taking in and you know, I know nothing about seizures or I know nothing about cancer in the beginning. And it was, I don't want them to suffer. We don't want them to suffer. You know, if they're, they get hit by a car, or a dog attacks one of my chickens. I now had something that was completely natural that I could give any of my animals that immediately not only got rid of their pain and suffering, but the stress and anxiety at the same time. And to me, I was like, it's beautiful. Every, and there's no bad side effects. Everybody's feeling good. Yeah. So I'm really glad to hear that it's your first line. And I can't imagine what that would be like for a veterinarian like yourself getting to add these things to your toolbox and getting to see, you know, things finally like the missing piece. Because yeah. everything is not interacting with the endocannabinoid system. They're actually working against it and making things worse and suppressing the symptoms, like you said. So what are some of the beautiful ways you've been able to use adaptogens in your practice? Like where you're like, finally, I'm seeing relief. Finally, (laughs) I'm getting somewhere. Yeah. So there's been a lot. Um, I think the topical salves that you guys have are wonderful. Um, I've seen so many skin cases of dogs that have these absolutely horrible skin issues and we're slathering the soothe on, you know, like, 
they come in with their whole face all crusted and we shave it and it's just so raw and put Soothe on and they're walking out of there with very little pain. They're not even trying to scratch it anymore, even after yeah. having that on for five minutes. I've seen a really good success with seizures. I've seen really good success with pain and arthritis. You know, any pe- patient that has cancer and things like that, we're, we're definitely putting them on it. So a lot of it, you know, you might not see the effects. Sometimes you may not see the effects right away if it's a, more of a supportive treatment, but I still know that it's helping because you can see that they're just more at ease. And so, like we've said, it's not going to harm anything. So it's just a great adjunct to everything else that, you know, you might be doing for them. So what, um, when you are giving it to a pet parent, you know, who's got a dog that's in pain, what do you tell them? Because, you know, they're always like, how will I know it's working? And I'm like, you're going to know it's working. Yeah. You're going to, if you can't recognize when your dog is in pain, you're definitely going to recognize when they're not. Because they basically go back to their happy self and playing. And even if they're really old, like I've had 16, 17-year-old dogs that weren't moving because they were on all kinds of drugs and not, you know, whether it was knocking them out. And then come off of that and start playing again and having a good time or going out into the yard or whatever it is mm-hmm. that they used to love to do. Is that the type of things you see or that you tell the pet parents or is that what they're coming back and saying to you? Yeah. And I think, you know, the signs of pain can be subtle. So there's this big myth out there that if my dog's not crying, then they're not in pain. And I always am having to break down those myths and be like, well, if your dog is slowing down have really any behavior change if they don't want to go up the stairs anymore if they don't want to jump into the car anymore if they can't go on a long walk with you anymore if they're limping that's all 100 percent they're in pain because they, their behavior wouldn't have changed if they weren't painful they just don't they don't fake it most of the time <laughs> you know some of them they like to do that right. they can kind of uh train us a little bit but i think in general you know they they wear their heart on their sleeve. And if you notice a change in their behavior, that probably means something is real that's going on. So yeah, like you said, you may just notice that they're like, oh, they're acting young again. They're acting like they can do those things they used to do. And sometimes you can even just see it on their face where like, there may be the only sign that they're in pain is that they have this little grimace where they're just like, oh, like, I just don't feel good. And you can see this on their face, the relief even after administering the CBD, like five minutes, they're just like, ah, I feel so much better. And, you know, I I have experienced that for myself, you know, using these types of um, treatments on on myself. It's like, you're in pain and very quickly the pain goes away and you just are feeling a lot better. Yeah, I even surprised myself. I'll be like, we had a, like a conference all day and I'll come home and, um, or no, like the next morning I have to put the same shoes on, go back to the conference. I'm like, Oh my God, I'm not going to, I'm not going to get these shoes. On. I don't want to <laughs> wear these shoes. And I literally put remedy all over. And then I'm like, don't feel nothing. Yeah. And there's nothing more powerful than be able to get rid of pain. I also want people, you don't know this yet because you are very young, but when we hit you know, for mid forties, fifties, we start having arthritic pain, things start getting stiff. The same thing happens for our dogs and people don't realize it, you know, until you hit a certain age and you're like, Oh my gosh, is this happening to them too? So what age do you think we should start giving um, dogs hemp just to support their old age and arthritis and the same things that we go through? 
Yeah. So as you know, I think the smaller dogs age a little more slowly than the big dogs. So I would say in general, if you're going to try to do that as a senior support, it would be around that same age where your vet might be recommending annual blood work. So, you know, for little dogs like eight to 10 or bigger dogs, five to six, so that, you know, when you're starting to keep a closer eye on their internal health, you can just start that as a supportive treatment because by the time any dog has been running around for several years, they've banged themselves up pretty good. And, um, you know, it's, it's not going to harm anything and it's just going to help them have a better quality of life. And there's also, you know, certain breeds. Like I know if I were to ever get another large breed dog that I would start giving it to them at eight weeks old, a full spectrum hemp extract just to help prevent. Um, I know Dr. Judy Morgan is kind of changing her protocol for some of her younger Cavaliers and some of the diseases that they're more prone to. So I love how we're really starting to use this earlier to help Basically, what we're doing is helping the animal's body fight off anything or stay at homeostasis because that's literally what the endocannabinoid system is there for. Well, we're out of time. Um, tell people how where they can find more. Now, can people do um, telemedicine with you even if they're not in Hawaii? Yes. Yeah, so I do telehealth consults. And so that awesome. can you know include nutrition or just talking about holistic treatments. So whatever your questions are, feel free to contact me. Um, my website is drbarrettvet.com, and it's B-A-R-R-E-T-T. But um, yeah, that's the best way to get a hold of me. That's uh, my Instagram is drbarrettvet, and I'm on you know Facebook and TikTok and YouTube and all those places too. And TikTok. I just found you on TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> and where can they get your book? I, on your website also? Yeah, the book's on the website and on Amazon. Awesome. Thank you, Megan, so much for joining me. I hope to see you soon. I guess I'll see you maybe next year at the conference. Definitely. Or if I find a reason to go to Hawaii, which I'm always trying to find yes. a reason to go to Hawaii. <laughs> <Come visit. laughs> Thank you for having me. Awesome. Thanks, Megan. Thanks for listening to today's episode. Please make sure to leave us a review wherever you're listening from. This is the best way to help pet parents like you find these episodes and get access to all our content. Follow me on Facebook and Instagram at Your Natural Dog and at AngelaArtolino.com. Introducing MycoDog, an award-winning line of medicinal mushroom extracts combined with adaptogens like ashwagandha, astragalus root, and bacopa monieri, made specifically for your pets. When it comes to mushrooms, sourcing really matters. Unlike other products on the market that are grown in China or elsewhere, the mushrooms in MycoDog tinctures are grown here in the United States to the highest quality standards. MycoDog offers three formulas designed to support senior dogs, as well as those suffering from dementia and canine cognitive disorder, breathing and respiratory issues, or autoimmune diseases and cancer. Use coupon code YNDPODCAST at mycodog.com for 10% off these fantastic fungi.